This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you would live like Jesus and share his love. In this 16th episode of Radiant Reflections, Pastor Josh Harriman, myself, Pastor Josh Brown, discuss a little bit more about the shield of faith, this important component of the armor of God. Pastor Josh and I will dive into some things that we truly believe are important, are deal breakers in the faith, and then things that can be left up to personal interpretation. Here's Pastor Josh. Well, good morning, and thank you for joining us for episode 16 of Radiant Reflections, podcast for Radiant Life Church. My name is Josh Harima, one of the pastors here on staff, and I am joined today by Pastor Josh Brown. Yeah, glad to be here, Josh. We just threw this together this morning. We're going to do this, man. (laughs) Yeah, originally, originally this was going to be a little bit of a monologue, but uh, you know what? It's it's way more fun to have other people involved. Yeah. So, uh, so we got JB in on this. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about some things based on yesterday's message. Yesterday was episode five in our series SWAT: Spiritual Warfare and Tactics, and we talked about the shield of faith. One of the aspects aspects I don't know if aspect is the right word. One of the things that we talked about regarding faith is is understanding what you believe and why. And so today, I thought JB and I, the, you know, the double Josh power uh, brothers here. Uh, <laughs> Even bearded, too. That's right. We're, we're bearded. We're Josh. There's got to be a cool, like, cool chant in there somewhere. We'll have to think on that. Uh, yeah, okay. Sorry. <laughs> if you've got a cool chant for yeah. two bearded guys named Josh, go ahead and uh, put that in the comments or just email us. Podcast at radiolife.church. Um, but anyways, I wanted to take some, some time on this episode to talk about some areas that we really have to wrestle with what we believe. And in a sense, JB used this uh, term right before we started shooting, like what are some hills that you should die on? You know, so yeah. for those that are like, wait, hills that we die on? Unpack, what, is that, what does that term mean? Maybe. Yeah, I, you know, I thought you, you made a really good point uh, in your message yesterday. A hill to die on, Josh, is one of those places that uh, it's, it's a deal breaker. You know, it's, it's, an, it's such an important issue in our faith um, that we can't have vastly differing opinions on. You know, there's a ton of things in the Bible and in our faith that have a variety of different ways of looking at it. But there are some things that, man, that's a place that I'm just not going to... I cannot uh, say this about this. Right. You know, I believe the Bible's clear. Right. I mean, so there would be things. So, oh, this, this could be fun. Because there are some things in my mind that I think people get all up in arms about that probably, you know, even related to Scripture. Yeah. That aren't necessarily hills to die on. Right. You know, one comes to, <laughs> one comes to mind, and that's, I remember, you know, I was a teenager when the whole left behind Oh yeah, the Tim LaHaye, out, right? Tim LaHaye, right. uh, Jerry Jenkins, yes. you know, where they they depict the the end times, yeah. right? As you know, in the Book of Revelation, yeah. uh, Book of Daniel, you know, we have prophecies regarding essentially the the end of the world as we know it, right? Um, and coming out of that series because the series got wildly popular. Oh, it did wildly popular movies, even. Oh yeah, yeah. Which I think Nick Cage did like enough. Which anyway. Christian movies. That's right. They're uh, good, good stuff. Good stuff. But I mean, one of the things that came out of that is is a, a pretty intense focus on. Well, are you are you pre-trib, mid-trib, 
post trip, yeah. you know, and this yeah. this idea of well, when the rapture happens yeah. became this huge thing, and people would have arguments, and people have probably had arguments for yeah. as long as there have been multiple views on things. Yeah. But I would consider that like. Dude, Jesus is going to come back when Jesus comes That's back. That's right. Like, <laughs> we know he's coming back. That's the thing to focus on. Yeah. But you get people that set up camp and they're going to like, they're going to, they're going to die on this hill of no, he will come back before the tribulation. <sighs> yeah. You know, what are some yeah. other things that you would look at and say, well, these are, these are not, they might have theological ramifications. They might be important, but it's not something that we have to, you know, stake a claim and say, no, this is the way that it is. Right. What are some of those things for you? Yeah, I think uh, baptism mm. is, a, is a good example because you've got the, you know, uh, the dip, splash, dunk, different <laughs> camps. You know what I mean? Uh, the drip, or is it drip? Sprinkle. There's some yeah, sprinkle. That's yeah, it. Yeah. That's it. The, yeah, the, the sprinkle, splash, dunk, different camps. Uh, I, I just think that baptism is an outward symbol of an inward change. Um. And God sees the heart, and he right. knows that the purpose of baptism is to bear witness, is to tell the people who are watching you get baptized, I've made a commitment to, to walk with Christ as best I can. Uh, that's the point of it. So I think a lot of these hills to die on, Josh, maybe you could speak to this more. Uh, it really comes back to a heart and a motivation issue. So many times people die on a hill because they're questioning another person's motive, the heart behind the decisions they're making. What do oh, you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and I think I think one of the important aspects of this, too, is to look at, hey, if, if there's something that you're willing to die on that hill, like, why? Yeah. Why, you know, what? Sure. which is, you know, the motivation. Yep. Like, yep. what is driving uh, such a strong stance on something? Okay, let's let's bounce back to, like, the, the tribulation. Mm -hmm. Like, like why is it, why is it so important to make sure that everybody believes the way you do about when Jesus is going to come back. Right. Like what, what drives that? See, I mean, like you said, the motivation, yeah. I think that that plays into it huge. Sometimes I think we, we take a stance and we, we fight, 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 because this is what I believe. And <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to consider the fact that maybe somebody else has a different opinion mm -hmm. or uh, this is just what I've always heard, or we just want to be right. Right. You know, so my, yeah. <laughs> my wife still teases me sometimes. Because I have been known to start debates because, quite frankly, I enjoy debating. You know, it's <laughs> sure. fun. It's fun to have sporting. a little bit of, you know. It's sporting. Yeah. yeah it's fun sure. to have a little bit of, you know, sparring in a sense. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, so maybe some people do it just because they're like, well, no, I, I will yeah. be right about yeah. this. I, that's where I came from, Josh. You know, my faith journey, uh, I came from a place of, what I would now be able to confess and call as pride. Mm. I wanted to be right in certain areas of, of really not only were they wrong things, but very drastically negotiable things, oh. not hills to die on, but I was dying every day on those hills and severing, even severing relationships because of pride. Ultimately that's what, where, where it, in my motivation, if you could have looked inside the way God does, that's what you would have saw. So I was, I was dying on some dumb hills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we want to talk just for a little bit here in this episode about some of the things where we should stand up and yeah. fight in a sense because there are, there are certain truths that uh, make all the difference in the world. So the first one, and we can, we can chat about this a little bit. 
I think because it, it, it feeds a lot of the other ones is our view on scripture. Mm. You know, I mean, cause right. this, it seems like maybe more so than in the past, although I wasn't alive in the past. So maybe not, you know, but you have, you have people, what you know are, of the past, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but people will call into question the reliability of scripture. Yeah. You know, versus yeah. uh, somebody that would take a, a stance that say, no, this is the infallible word of God mm-hmm. without error. Yep. Uh, preserved just as the Holy Spirit wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. Would you consider that a hill to die on? I absolutely would, Josh. I think that our faith, you know, it falls apart outside of the infallibility of of the scriptures, the the veracity of the scriptures. If we don't have this holy document to base our faith and our decisions on all of life in itself becomes very subjective. What do you think? Well, what do I think? And, and, and those are those hills to die on. Because yes, even interpretation of the Bible is subjective. Mm-hmm. But if we can come together and, and, and agree the Bible is a holy document that governs our lives on a daily basis, it governs our relationship vertically with God, um, that's a great place to begin having conversation. But it's really hard outside of that. Yeah, so yeah. I would agree with you. Now, with that, and this this gets a little bit little bit <laughs> dicey, and it kind of rolls into the next one. But I I do think there's a oh how do I want to say it? In a sense, right? We we believe because because I, I would hold that that scripture is is inerrant that it is infallible. You know that that this is we have the word of God as He intended it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, rather, you know, some people say, well, it was written by man. It's flawed. It's biased. Um, you know, all these accusations against scripture. And I would say, no, like this is, this is what God intended for us to have from the beginning. Um, however, in a sense, and maybe we, we'll chat about this, our faith, there are aspects of, of our faith, what we believe that are based on scripture. However, in one sense, right, you could, for those of us that are followers of Jesus, for Christians, the the foundational aspect is the resurrection of Jesus. Yeah. Right. I mean, so that's so because you know you've had people that have left the faith. They're like, oh man, like look at they. It says the Exodus happened. Well, I don't think the Exodus really happened. Right. And then so they leave the church. Like what? Like I mean, <laughs> what? Right. Like if we're followers of Jesus, our faith is based on the, in the fact that Jesus showed up as the Son of God, paid the penalty for our sins, and came back to life. Mm-hmm. That's what our faith is based on. Uh, that being said, it doesn't, I think the exodus did happen, but <laughs> I do too. I mean, anyways, <laughs> well, what does that tell us about that person? That person has obviously identified that particular issue. We'll say the exodus as a hill to die on. And so when they come to terms with the fact that they personally don't believe it is true, then they question the rest of the scriptures. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they just throw the baby out with the bathwater essentially. So another, another one. And I honestly, I'm not sure. I don't I don't even know if you and I would view this the same. I'm not sure we'll find out here in about yeah. 30 seconds. I think another hill that people die on based on scripture is creation. Sure. Literal. Hey, no literal seven day creation. Like in seven 24 hour periods, God created the heavens and the earth. Everything that we have experienced happened in a literal seven days. And that is a hill. Again, 
I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying that God couldn't do that. I'm saying people have, have made this a hill and say, nope. Well, but then, like you said, well, wait, well, what do we do with some of this science and da 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 da? Sure. Again, I don't think science and, and theology are opposed. I think science highlights God. Anyways, that's probably yeah. a separate podcast. Yeah, um, definitely. But, I, I mean, would you is that a is that a hill to die on, do you think? Yeah. Or is that one of those things where we don't have all of the information? I don't know if I want to die on that hill. Right. What what for, for you personally? So, for you so personally? yeah, so so that's here's another let's even go farther back than that and say what does it mean to even die on the hill? Right? Mm-hmm. So for me, like if I have a relationship with another Christian person, um, a friendship, and they have a differing opinion about creation, that's not a hill to die upon in that relationship, mm. right? Yeah, yeah, no, this is good. But for me personally, vertically with God, it is. Okay. I do believe that, that the earth and all that we know was created in a six-day period. I, that's my personal interpretation and persuasion of the scriptures. It's not going to break fellowship with any of my brothers and sisters in Christ. No way, no how. So I guess my, my best answer is to say no. It's not a hill to die on. Which I'm glad you clarified. Technically, yes, it would have been created in six days because on the seventh day he rested. So I, when I said seven-day creation. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. There's a creative, this is a whole, like you said, another aspect. There's a creative element to resting. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think you're wrong on the seven day creation. Okay, all right. <laughs> hey, and this is gonna, we're we're coming up with all kinds of material for future <laughs> podcasts, right here. Uh, but yeah, so scripture, your view of scripture again, view all of this through the lens of what do you believe in and and why? Because it, these are things that will impact your life. If you view scripture as something that is uh, filled with errors, that is is biased, that is. Uh, yeah, just some guys wrote this over a 1500 year period, you know, whatever. That's cool. It's a great historical document or not historical document. If you view it that way, like that, that is huge ramifications yeah. for the way you're, you live your life. Especially if you're somebody who says you're a follower of Jesus. Yeah. you know, Because, and then, which yeah. gets into our next hill to die on something that it would be, would be absolutely critical for you to grapple with. And that's who is Jesus? Yes. And this is, yeah. I mean, this one maybe takes the cake. I, I led with scripture only because a lot of what we know about Jesus, we learn from scripture. Yeah. So, Well, I, I think really to, to bring that point up, like you're saying, Josh, John, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So the gospel of John is telling us that the word itself, the Bible itself Jesus was this flesh and blood and bones uh, example, personification of the of the Genesis to Revelation account of the scriptures. He was the living word, right? We read in the Bible that he was the living word. So I think there's a there's a tongue and groove or hand in glove kind of aspect to those two hills. You know, the Bible itself being infallible, uh, uh, perfect in every way, in in inerrant just as jesus was as a person yeah, yeah. that's good there's holiness good. between the two of them yeah so why is why is jesus so important right <laughs> why is this a hill that we think that you should really figure out whether or not you're going to die in or not but jesus is is the breaking point if you look across the religious landscape of the globe 
right? If, if you look at uh, various cults or various religious systems, who, who Jesus is and what Jesus does and has accomplished is the breaking point. Yeah. I mean, you, you look at uh, you know, Islam. Mm-hmm. They recognize that Jesus was a historical mm-hmm. person. A prophet. And even, he's even honored mm-hmm. you know, among Islam. However, they, they, they stop short and say, oh, he was, he was a prophet. Right. He was a prophet. A teacher. A teacher. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, you, you look at uh, various, cult, again, uh, like Latter-day Saints, you know, a.k.a. Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, you know, and, and kind of what they do with Jesus, and and it all falls short yeah. of what we see in Scripture. Yeah, what's amazing, Josh, that I like the way you said the religious landscape. You know, viewer or listener, if you really begin to consider all the faiths, faiths of the world, of that landscape Josh just described, and then you look at Christianity, the person of Jesus really is uh, the crux of the matter, but also the way to heaven is that dividing line. And Jesus is the one that's standing on that line. So, and I would put you to the test, viewer or listener, you can go to any other faith system on the face of the earth. I can use superlatives like this and ask the quick question, how do I get to nirvana or how do I get to eternity? How do I get to heaven? They may have different names for these things, utopian, uh, whatever it might be. And it's, Always, always, always. Jesus is by grace, and it's a gift given. Nothing that you can do can earn your place to get to heaven. It is an absolute gift. Every other faith expression on the face of the earth is a works-based faith. Every single solitary one of them. There is no sacrifice by a person that makes a way for you to get to the place they call heaven. All of them have systems of things that you've got to do. There's actions that you got. And if you don't tick those boxes, bro, yeah, you're not, out of luck. You're out, out you are out <laughs> of luck and you're going to whatever they call the hot places. But, but, but Jesus, Christianity stands alone as this completely set apart faith system where it is a gift and it's given. It is just amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, and, and there's a, with that, right, there's this confidence then that we can have. Yeah. I remember reading years ago, and, and if, if you're having to listen to this and you are a Muslim, like, and I'm, and I get this wrong, please shoot me an email, mm-hmm. <laughs> Josh at the uh, to, to correct this. But I read years, years ago, um, that even, even Muhammad, you know, the, mm-hmm. the great, the great prophet, prophet. Of, of Islam, mm-hmm. uh, didn't know whether or not when he died, he would spend eternity with Allah or not. Right. And there's, there's yeah. this, like, I don't know, like, is he going to be in a bad mood today? <laughs> you know, is it, you know, yeah. and there's this, there's this unknown. Whereas with, with Christ, be, it's by grace. It is all him. It's nothing that we yeah. do. Right? We can have confidence. I think it's, uh, is it, is it John? I think in First John he writes, "I've written this so that you may know yes. that you are saved." I mean, so yes. we can have this this confidence. confidence. We can have this this assurance. Uh, blessed assurance, you know, yes. makes me want to bust out bust out the old song. You know, we have this assurance that we can have eternity, that we can uh, have this ongoing relationship with God because of who Jesus is. Yeah. That's a hill to die on. Absolutely. Josh, and I think I think you made that clear in your message, you know, who Jesus is, uh, 
<laughs> you got to have that one right. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't pick and choose. Right. You know, you can't be almost right. You know, I've had conversations with with members of the, the Latter Day Saints, and hey, if there are any people listening to this, I'm not, I'm not trying to pick on you. I'm just trying to point out just some of the differences. Yeah. You know, and and it would always. You would try to get back to well, no, well, well, what has Jesus done, and 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 who is he, and it just we just couldn't yeah couldn't come to terms. But the trick is uh, some of these some of these different groups. It sounds really close, which you know, I yes, mean, uh, Pastor Ryan, I think it was in the Belt of Truth mm-hmm. message a few weeks ago. He talks about how the devil's really good at 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 subtly putting in these things that are almost right. How believable is the best lie? It's the subtle amount of truth that's it's in the it. The one that's real close to yeah. the truth. That's it's right. really close to the truth, and and that can totally take you sideways. It really can. So you can't be you can't be lazy with this, right? You've got to actually yeah. grapple with. Well, hey, who is Jesus? Who do you believe that Jesus is? Yeah. What do you believe that Jesus has done? And and really grapple with that because yeah. he is the breaking point. So you might be like, oh well, you know, I think he was a good teacher. That that isn't an option on the table. Right. I think it was C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity where he says, he says Jesus was, I, in talking about this yeah. idea that, well, you know, some people just want to treat Jesus as a good teacher. Oh, like he had these, he said these good things like love your enemies right. and, and do good and, and all that. He says that isn't an option on the table. Jesus is either a lunatic, a liar, yeah. or the son of God. Yep. The claims that yeah. Jesus made about himself don't don't leave good teacher on the table unless he was also the son of God. Right. Because he'd be, yeah, he'd be lunatic, lying, yeah. the son of God. And, you know, if you're watching or you're listening, it's okay to start at the premise that Jesus was a teacher. You know, and that, that comes back to a faith thing, I think, for Josh and I as pastors. We would tell you, great. That's true. It's a truth of him. He, he was a good teacher. Mm-hmm. But if you begin to study the words of Jesus, you begin to study the history, you begin to study uh, the things that he said and that he did, I'm confident that you'll, you'll find him to be more than just a good teacher. So start there. That's okay. You know, I think that that's, um, some of us have different sizes of shields of faith, I think. Mm. You know. Which, uh, that's, uh, is it Romans... Romans 12, where it talks about in accordance with the faith that... Afforded to you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, each person has been given a different level of faith, uh, and it it just depends on on where you're at in life, too. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, new believers versus seasoned believers, there's a difference there. And, you know, for for you and I, we've been able to to go to Bible college or have some kind of education um, further than just coming to church on a Sunday... That has helped us in right. some ways uh, to further our faith. Because that's, a, that's another thing is Romans says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you want to grow in your belief in who God is and who he says he is, who Jesus is, it's as simple as cracking that thing open, man. Open that book and begin reading it and you will grow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, now, I want to talk a little bit, and I don't know that I would lump this maybe on the same level of who Jesus is. But I, it related to that, I think it's important that we do wrestle with how we view God. Does that make sense? What do you mean you know, by that? So, 
So you've got people that their 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 basic view of God, and again, all of this can tie back to scripture and, and mm-hmm. digging in to understand who God is. Right. Um, you know, you have people that view God as as this uh, strict, angry rule keeper in the sky. Mm-hmm. You know, you have people that think of God as like some absent-minded grandfather who's right. like, oh hey, right. you know, yeah, he's. He's out there somewhere. Uh, I mean, people view him as the, you know, like the set it and forget it. Like he put the world in motion and then he took off. Right. Like he's not actively involved in our right. lives now. Um, so, yeah, maybe not necessarily on level with like who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's something that we should really grapple with how we, because the way we view God will will play into how we relate to him. If I look at God as as somebody who's who's up there just waiting for me to break a rule so he can hit you with lightning. Hit me with lightning, right? <laughs> Which I mean we've yeah. we've had people like when invited to to this church have said yeah. now like if I step foot through the doors of a church I'll probably burst into flames. Yeah. That's a yeah. That's a view of I mean they were they were somewhat being sarcastic. Right. But there there's this view that oh like I mm-hmm. I'm not good enough or I've done bad things. And that all plays into this view that God is just waiting to smite us. Angry and vengeful. Yeah. Yeah. Some of that goes back to to Greek mythology and the way that people viewed deities and the the way that people viewed gods. Uh, But I think a big, big reason that we struggle with who God the Father is, you really can't, I don't want to go too mystical or too psychological here, but you know, the way that we see God the Father a lot of times is the way that it was portrayed to us by our earthly fathers. Mm. So so if you had a great dad, it may be easier for you to see that God the Father is this loving, giving uh, person, you know, person. Uh, if you had a dad who was absent and and not a great dad, you might struggle a little bit more in seeing the goodness mm-hmm in who God is, God the Father. So there's some a lot more to unpack there, and I'm probably not qualified to do so. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there, I agree. I, I think who, seeing who God is is very important. So I think, I think for those of you that are listening, those of you that are watching, this is something, take an honest look at, what is your view of God? Mm. Like, and and yeah. then how does that play out, practically speaking, in your life? Again, and man, maybe maybe you do take a look at, has that been influenced by the relationship with your earthly father for good, for bad or otherwise? Mm-hmm. Um, but this is something I think we have to grapple with because it will affect the way we approach him. Mm-hmm. If I'm scared, you know, you know, we're told that we can approach the throne of grace with boldness. Boldness. That's right. right? But if, but if we view God as sitting there waiting to punish us, waiting to get us, right. I don't, I'm, I'm probably not going to approach. And now, Hey, I want to be, I want to be clear, right? Like we see in scripture, there are times God gets, he gets angry. Yes. I mean, I mean, God, he's not, he's yes. not a, a teddy bear. Yeah. Right. God, I mean, he yeah. is the, he's the all powerful creator of the universe. Uh, I mean, and there is a, there is a level of in a sense, fear and respect. Reverence. Rever- reverence. Uh, I mean, so this isn't like, oh yeah, hey, God's just this giant teddy bear. Like, you know, you could go do whatever, you know, you, you go pull some stuffing out of him if you want. But I mean, so there, there's that level of reverence, uh, but if you look at the full character of God as as described to us in Scripture, he's he he's a just God. He's loving. He's merciful. He, I mean, and he doesn't stop being any of those things when he's being the disciplinarian God 
Yeah. You know, he is always all of his yeah. characteristics, if that makes sense. But yeah, the amazing thing about God is that you know, he can with a blink of his eye uh cancel everything. <laughs> like it could cease. But he doesn't. He doesn't. Even when mankind and even ourselves do things that are in opposition to what he knows he's created us to, to do and, and to be, that that shows a level of love that we can't fully fathom, that we can't fully grasp. We see it sort of in the ether, but it's, it's really huge, mm. um, which points to his, his divinity in and of itself. How can you balance those two things? Justice and mercy. But he can, like you said. Yep. He is he is always all of them. So mm-hmm. <laughs> so next, uh, just real briefly, I think it's important that we understand. Uh, so we talked about our view of, of God, in a sense, our view of the divine. But I also think it's important that we uh, look at our view of humanity. Mm. You know, uh, I remember in college going through a child development class and hearing kind of the the various uh, developmental theorists and like, oh, well, like our children born into the world as a blank slate, our children born in the world, sure, essentially good, our children born into the world, essentially bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, and, and, you know, maybe you've thought through this before, those of you that are listening or or watching, what is your view? Is, Is humanity essentially good? Is humanity essentially evil? Is humanity a blank slate that is only uh, formed based on what is modeled to them? You know, right. the way we view humanity, and and we'll get into this in a minute. Why I think this is important, but first, I, but JB, I mean, you probably already kind of know where I'm going with. I don't, maybe, yeah. I don't know, but I'm, you know, I think it, it does come full circle back to the scriptures. You know, what do the scriptures say? about us as humans and and that goes back actually just to a little bit past the creation story you know in the beginning adam and eve were placed in this utopian uh place called the garden garden of eden and they were given free reign save one thing and through a series of events they chose to do the one thing that god told them not to do Mm. which brought in um Sin, and sin brings death. And so we inherit this, in, in, in this is a creation idea as well, because our bloodlines are linked, because we are sons of Adam and Eve, ultimately, from the garden. So we inherit a nature that is in opposition to God, and we stand in that place of existence until we come to a choice whether we will trade or leave behind that, that nature to be in opposition to God, accept his free gift of salvation, and then receive a new nature, a new way of looking at things. Yeah, so, I mean, really, um, our view of humanity, because I think this plays into kind of how we approach salvation, mm-hmm. how we come to terms with, you know, what Jesus came to do, right? I mean, because if, if I'm essentially good, Right. Well, what do I need? What do I need a savior? You know, we talk about a savior. A savior is somebody who saves us. Well, what do I need saving from if I am? You know, I'm a good person. Never killed anybody. Never, I never killed anybody. Right. Never cheated on my wife. That's never, right. you know, never did any of these. Pay my taxes. These things. Yeah, that's right. Pay my taxes. Yeah. 
I'm doing okay. Yeah. You know, and we and we we view ourselves that way versus if we recognize that we and, it's, and maybe it sounds extreme, especially I think I think we we like to think of 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 little kids as as innocent and clean and pure mm-hmm. and and in a sense, like I get that. I have I have a couple of kids, you know, yeah. like I get it. However, like I've I've said this from from early on with my first kid, it's like I did not have to teach my kid to be selfish. No. I did not have to teach my kid <laughs> the word uh, no. The word no. And 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 you right. spend a lot of time and energy teaching your kids, no, hey, like it's good to share. Why? Mm-hmm. Because their natural bent is to not share. That's right. You teach kids, hey, no, you don't hit your brother mm-hmm. because it's natural to hit my brother. Yeah. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. and it's not that this is modeled. I'm not going around hitting my brother or hitting my right. wife or hitting my kid, you know. Right. To where this is this is not uh something that's modeled to them. It's just an uh, expression. These are just uh these are expressions uh of what is deeply in the heart of all people when they're when they're born. And it comes out in different ways for different people. So, you know, different people as they grow older, you might see other tendencies towards addiction or, or whatever it may be, but there's always something that 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 uh, we see, but the underlying thing is that sin separates us from God. You know, from from birth until uh, death. Now, there's a whole other can of worms here, <laughs> theologically, called the age of accountability, uh, that I don't know enough about to speak about. I I tend towards the sovereignty of God and the goodness of God. You know, does the the baby who was aborted does that baby go to heaven or hell? Oh my goodness! <laughs> I yes, I I think so personally. And then you know, you've got different people who have different ideas on those things. But ultimately, sin separates us. Yeah, and God knows our, what our choices are going to be. Which on that, I mean, connected to this, and and so those of you that are listening and watching. Um, uh, in the near future, hopefully, we'll do an episode all about the theology of death, and one of those mm. things will include kind of exploring that—not necessarily the age of accountability, but what happens if a if a baby is aborted, or if yeah. a baby dies, or right. if uh, a child is killed, a toddler doesn't, you know, yeah. Like, what do you do? What do you do with that? <laughs> yeah, how do you communicate the gospel to a two-year-old or a three-year-old? Um, and how do you know whether that they've believed, they, did they put their faith in Jesus? You know, there's, there's deep, deep questions. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to be on the side of the cameras, Josh, when you dive into that deep end of the pool. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to volunteer to, to be, uh, in on that conversation. Oh man. That's uh, those are formative things though. And they do, they are, they are important, but there's a great example. Full circle. Is that a hill to die on? Mm. No, no, it's not. The way we, yeah, the way we think about about death, um, what that means for children, yeah, I don't think there's yeah. real to die on. But the way we view humanity, because when we recognize that we we are born into this world as bearers of a sin nature, mm. uh, we are we are more able to, I think, recognize the need for a savior. Mm-hmm. When I know that I I on my own I can never achieve a standard, I can never be good enough. But then recognizing that, I, in a sense, I don't have to be good enough right. because Jesus was good enough. That's right. And you know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago with the breastplate of righteousness. Mm-hmm. It's not that God looks at me and says, oh, great, Josh, 
finally got his act together. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to save him now. He's arrived. That's right. He has, he has done it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Gold star for Josh. That's the antithesis um, of the gospel. Yes, that is yes, the exact so many of us, opposite. So many of us get caught up in that, though. Oh, it's, yeah. it's bonkers. It's bonkers. Yeah. I mean, good, you know, yes. Bible believing church people. Yes. But this is why you, we we can't be lazy. We have to be diligent. Yeah. About about looking at well, hey, what do I believe? Why do I believe it? And then, in what ways is are those beliefs informing the way that I live my life? Mm-hmm. Because if I'm if I'm living, I could say I believe that I'm saved by grace, right? That Jesus did it all, right? But I'm living in such a way that I am trying so desperately to earn God's favor by the right. way that I live, right? There's a there's a, a disconnect disconnect yeah. between you know what I say I believe right. and the way I live my life. So right. then, do I do I really believe that I'm saved by grace, right? And on the exact opposite side of that, if we say we're saved by grace and grace is this power to change us and we're just constantly oh. living in complete opposition to who God is and his, his, his uh, instructions, his loving instructions in the word, then we have to begin asking a harder question. Have I had a genuine encounter with Jesus? Right. Have I, have I John 3, Nicodemus, been born again? Like I've left the Adam of, Gar- of the Garden of Eden, and now I'm walking after the second Adam, Jesus, right? Jesus is called the second Adam in the scriptures. So those are hard questions, and, and they're all, uh, that, that's one of the most difficult challenges, I think, in Christianity, is we, we blur the lines of qualitative and quantitative every day of our lives, mm. right? The quality and efficacy of the righteousness of God is 100% and complete and full, and we always go over to the quantitative side. We say, I prayed twice. I gave $2. <laughs> I, I read I went, six chapters of my Bible this week. Six chapters. <laughs> I went to the soup kitchen. All these nicks. Tick, tick, and it's tick, quantitative. Tick. It's a quantity thing. We, can, we want to measure ourselves against the righteous standard of God and be accepted on that, on that uh, measure. Not going to happen. No. But he does expect holiness from us. And, and our and lives will living. be transformed. It's not because we get our crap together though it's because oh. the holy spirit working within us will yeah. transform us more into the likeness of christ yeah i mean and and that's where yes so it's it and paul deals with that he says yeah. hey we're sin abounds grace abounds should i just more. sin should willy-nilly I just keep sinning because then dude i'm gonna get even more grace he says god Absolutely forbid not that's right like we're not gonna do that yeah so yeah there, there's a there's a line uh, and, but a lot of it let's get i think we go right back to when we first started yeah. motivation yeah. Motivation. Yeah. Are you doing what you do because you're trying to, to earn favor with God? Mm-hmm. Or are you doing what you're doing out of this love? Like Jesus has stepped in and saved us. Yeah. And out of that will flow this life that looks totally different. Out of this flows a life that will, will ooze compassion mm-hmm. to those around me. You know, so it, it, it all gets back to the heart. It's back to the motivation. It's constitution. Like, what am I made of, mm. right? Am, am I made of the righteousness of God that was imparted and given to me as a free gift from Jesus? Or if I, am I made of something else? Because what I'm made of comes out, mm. right? And, and that's where I, I think some of the best examples of grace is when it literally is impossible. <laughs> like, there's no way I could have done that. There's no way that I'm not even, there's no possible way that I could have lived that way or made that decision outside of a glorious work of God. Absolutely. And uh, that is, that's when you know you're, you're kind of in the, in the right flow. <laughs> no, that's good. Yeah. That's good. 
Well, hey, so we've talked about scripture. We've talked about Jesus. We've talked about how we view God, how we view humanity. And those are just a few things uh, for those of you listening, those of you watching, mm-hmm. and for us, you know, again, we don't, we don't get a free pass. This is, you know, we need to, we yeah. need to be conscious of, hey, am I living out what I believe? We're not experts either. No, <laughs> no. And, and there, there are probably some more hills that are worth sure. dying on. Uh, yeah. But I think we'll, we'll cap it at that for, yeah. <laughs> for this episode of Radiant Reflections. But, uh, yeah, glad you guys could join us. JB, thanks for – dude, I just pulled you in last minute on this, and you're a rock star, so. Man, I don't know about that, but I love the Bible, and I love to talk about the Bible, so anytime I get a free pass to do that, I'm in. Rock and roll. Well, hey, this has been Episode 16 of Radiant Reflections, Podcast Radiant Life Church. Like, share, subscribe, comment, review, all those good things to give us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing, and if this is a blessing to you, you can share it with other people as well. Well, thanks, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share His love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. Dot church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at the radiantlife.church. That's podcast at the radiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections.